Okay, Ollie, here we go. Take thou authority to preach the gospel. Indeed, I look upon all the world as my parish. Welcome. This is Beth S. Stock, and you are listening to another episode of Field Preachers Podcast. Today, I'm very excited to be talking with Allie Mansfield from across the pond, all the way over in the UK, in the south of England, on the outskirts of a town called Plymouth, in a little village called Horbridge. I got to know Allie last year as I toured around England, looking at all these beautiful new church starts and new expressions of ministry. And um, I just thought it would be wonderful to interview her and listen in for what are the new things and the new expressions that are happening um, in the UK in Methodism right now. So Allie is a pioneer and a community outreach worker in this little town of Horbridge. And I will let her take it from there. Welcome, Allie. Hello, welcome. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited um, to interview you today and ask you all about um, the wonderful things that you're doing in this little town of Horbridge. So first, though, tell us a little bit about what does it mean to be a pioneer and a community outreach worker? Okay, so I mean, I started three years ago in Horbridge um, as a community outreach worker. And we had a new superintendent and he said, I, I see you as a pioneer. Uh, and I had no idea what he was talking about. So I actually went to uh, Cliff College, um, which is our theological college and trained as a pioneer. And uh, it, in that process, I finally realized that actually in this season of my life, I'm doing what, what God created me to do. Um, and so for me, uh, a community outreach worker would be to go out and to be with the community where they're at to connect with them, to listen to them, to respect them, to form relationships of trust uh, and to just journey together, you know, people of faith and non-faith and, you know, and it's really exciting. And the pioneering side of it is that we have a derelict building. Um, we have plans to uh, renovate it and make it into a community centre and place of worship. So our Methodist chapel has uh, been out of use for the last uh, 10 to 12 years. Uh, it's a million pound project. It's really exciting. And, um, and I'm there to engage with the community and to form a new faith community that has uh, its own vision that, that, and this right church for, for Horrorbridge itself. So it's a really exciting journey to be on. Well, let's go back a little bit in time and tell me about you have discovered that this, that you're using your gifts for God's call on your life right now. Tell us what, what was your journey before becoming a pioneer and a community outreach worker? Okay, so I was a primary school teacher, I uh, trained to be a teacher uh, 12 years ago. And um, yeah, so I, I had a, a brilliant, brilliant um, little primary school where I taught for four and a half years and then uh, had children. So took some time out and uh, and then started to supply at Horrorbridge Primary School, which is where my children, I chose my children to go. Even though we didn't live in Horrorbridge at the time, I felt drawn to this little uh, primary school. And I taught there uh, as a supply teacher 
And um, so, yeah, so it was it was teaching, uh, actually, and still continuing to use the skills that I've learned through teaching through into my pioneering. So that's what I did before working for the church. And how did you find your way into being a community outreach worker from being a teacher? Do you know, it was really incredible. And I remember like it was yesterday, uh, my friend Joanna, uh, we, we went to church together at Tavistock Methodist Church. And uh, it was part of um, a summer summer day and we were out in, in Tavistock and um, she came to me and she said, there's a there's a going to be a job coming up at, at the at the church, and at the time her husband was was one of the ministers there, and uh, she said no, I I really believe that that God's created this job for you, and um, and when she said that um, my heart leapt and and so I I kind of knew that she was she was speaking some truth in that because of my internal reaction, um, and uh, and so yeah I I went for the interview and and got it. And, and yeah, the rest is history. And I've just started this incredible journey with the church. And how many hours a week are you employed by the church? So to begin with, uh, it was about 16 hours a week. And um, but I've been increased to, to, to 24 hours. So I worked three full days. Um, yeah. And managed to get an amazing amount done. People often quite you know, say, you know, how do you how do you do this? Uh, and it's, it's through resting in God, really. And, and things things happen. Um, so yes, it's part-time, uh, which is perfect because it means I have time for my family and it means I have time for my ministry. So it's great. So I know three years can almost be a lifetime in ministry when you first get on the ground and you have ideas about what you think this is going to be versus what actually unfolds. So I'd like to know, like when you first started, what were those initial ideas and dreams and how has that then transformed into the expression that it is today? Okay, it has dramatically changed in the last three years. Um, to be honest, Beth, at first, when I started the outreach, um, I, I was just guided by my, my brilliant line manager um, and my superintendent. Uh, and But my passion uh, for Jesus, um, my prayer time, it, it, it just led me from step to step. But I have to admit, when I first started as a community outreach worker, I, I almost felt like it was my responsibility to gather these Christians, to gather these people and to to try and encourage people to become Christian so they could join this church and, and we could form you know, this group of people for this building. And three years on, boy, was I so wrong. <laughs> and, and, and I'm wrong in the sense that it is not my responsibility to build the church. It is, uh, it's, it's a passion. It's not even a responsibility, but it's my passion to go out walking in that community with Jesus um, and the Holy Spirit does the rest. So it's, it's about showing the love of God. Um, it's about, as I said before, respecting people for where they're at. Um, and, it's, and it's not about 
pushing Jesus onto anybody, quite the opposite, you know, quite, you know, three years on, I, I very rarely talk um, about, about my faith or about God, unless I sense the opportunity is there and the people are open to it. What I want to do first and foremost is to build those relationships so that people see somebody that, that is, has light. It, she has joy. Um, she's trustworthy. She's fun. Uh, and, and the rest flows from that. So it's about, looking at the needs of the community and thinking where where can I meet these people and, and, and just support them through what they're going through and sort of be the church in action really. Um, yeah, and that, that has spoken volumes. So um, I think it's important to let um, the listening audience know a little bit about the context in the UK about how skeptical people are about Christianity and when they think about Christians or meet Christians, what is their initial reaction? Okay. So I first of all started uh, my community outreach down at the pub. Uh, our community has, has, has two pubs and I just thought, I'm just going to, just going to go in there and, um, and, and meet people. And so the first reactions were, um, Oh my gosh, you wear bright red lipstick and drink double gin and tonic and you're religious. And, and I just had to laugh. And I just said, look, you know, even, even Christians can have fun. We're not boring, quite the opposite. Um, and, and so a lot of people kept saying, um, oh, you, you, oh, so you're religious. Uh, and, and so this opened up a whole, whole conversation about actually the difference between having a faith and a relationship with Jesus and being a religious person. Um, and, uh, people were, some people are open to it and they like to engage with it. Other people are very, no, it's not for me. Um, and so you, you respect that. And then other people would just be like, oh, well, it's nice what you've got, but it's, it's no, I, I don't believe in a God. Um, and so there's, it, there's mixed there's mixed, and and we we do have a lovely little Church of England um, in in the village, and not many people of my age go. It's the older the older sort of generation, and when I ask people why they don't go, um, they just say we 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 don't want the hymns, we don't want the pews, we don't want the organ, and and actually what I've come to notice is there are a lot of spiritual people around, but they wouldn't necessarily want to be associated or affiliated with the, with the church because of their either misconceptions of what church really is and many people think that church is the building uh, and they're being preached at and the other thing that people chat with me about is the fact that they think that christians are in there looking down on them because they're not religious and so it's about having these conversations with people uh, and about saying, actually, it's quite the opposite. For me, I see churches as the people. It's not the building. Uh, it's the body of Christ. And actually, I go to, to spend time in worship because I'm, I've am i been broken in the past. And, I, and it's almost like a spiritual place to go for the broken, isn't it? Um, a bit like a hospital. And so through that, then you form a family and you sort of open your heart and your mind to there being, uh, um, uh, you know, something out there that is absolutely glorious uh, and, and free and open to everybody. And so those are the conversations that I've kind of had with people and people don't necessarily want to go to church, but they're watching. They, they, they watch my project. They, they watch how I am and what I'm doing. And then they question, why, why, would you, why do you do that? And so it's, it's, it's the actions that speak far louder than, than our words. Mm -hmm. 
Now, I know that there is a turning point for you. You spoke of it just a little bit earlier about thinking that your job was to make Christians and get them in a building. And then something happened or maybe a series of things happened for you to have a total change of of heart and um, way of looking at what your work is. Can you tell us a little bit about what that, what happened? I think the, the, the turning point was um, I went on a virtual uh, um, ministry schooling with, with a church in Bath, which is about three hours drive from here. Um, and someone said to me, really, really need to, to do this. You, you're going to be really blessed. And it's called Encountering the Father's Love. And when the knowledge and the wisdom of of head knowledge of what God, our father, is like, and it dropped to my heart, it transformed the way I saw him and and the way that we relate to him. And so it helped me. and actually, going back to, to sort of my teenagers, my mum always wanted me to go to church, and uh, and and I and I went for her, but it irritated me that there was something about the way scripture is read and sort of the hymn sandwich type thing, and 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 there is a place for that. I'm not saying that there isn't. God uses everything, but for me, it, it riled me. It made me angry. You know, even my mum just spoke about God, and it was like, oh. And, and, and I think it's just been this, this process, but it's been the, the pioneering for me, you know, um, understanding where people come from and why they don't like church, but then encountering Father for who he really is uh, and that head knowledge dropping to heart knowledge and understanding that when we drink this liquid heavenly love, it transforms us from the inside out. Um, and it, it was a real turning point for me. I, I softened. You know, and I and I saw Jesus in a different way. Jesus never pushed himself on anybody. He just gathered those that wanted to follow him and, and he nurtured and embraced them and he encouraged them. And, and I just thought to myself, well, that's what we need to do. I, I just felt this this pull to go out and just love um, and love from the overflow of of how God loves me. So to sit in that presence more and realize it's not about the doing. It's about the presence that you hold from the Holy Spirit. And so I think all of that together, um, it just it just clicked. Um, and I began to be excited about those that were furthest away from the church. That's where I want to be. I want to be with those that actually really dislike the church because I can learn from them. Um, and, and I want to make relationships with them and journey with them. And through that, something beautiful is going to grow from the Holy Spirit. Um, it, really, it really is amazing. Wow, you sound like a modern day John Wesley. <laughs> I'll take that. Thank you. <laughs> you know, the story of his heart being strangely warmed, uh, moving from the head into the heart, and then his ministry takes off uh, for those on the margins, um, yes. you know, the powerless, uh, the hurting people. And, and that's how Methodism grew from that same heart strangely warmed experience. And here we have you, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. next generation. 
<laughs> yeah, and it really is incredible. I mean, I, 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 my, I'm really, really thankful for my gifting. You know, I, you know, I think Papa God has given me evangelism, but He's also given me this heart, and I find it very easy to love. Um, now that is easy where I am because this community that I'm in are they are amazing, and, we, and, and it is it's it's a, it's a close community of around three three thousand people. A lot of people know each other, um, but I am drawn to those that are hurting, to those that are on their own those that that feel invisible and and it it is really incredible incredible how I just look at them and I don't see I see the inside I see where their heart is coming from um not their actions and I and I and I want to I want to to meet with them in that place well tell us a little bit about what's happened um you know pre-covid to covid and how your ministry has has shifted in this last year and a half so pre-COVID, I looked at the community, you know, I looked at the people, I looked at the, the passions, and I looked at the places. Um, and I sort of ran different groups and I, you know, gathered the, the, the Christians and um, those of faith and formed prayer groups to pray for, for the pioneering and for the project. Um, uh, we, we formed house groups. And then I just, you know, sort of talked at the, at the school gates, you know, again, like I said, you know, sort of visiting and having time at the pub with people. Um, and then COVID happened. And uh, there was a, a really incredible woman in our village and she, she started the, the food bank. And I thought to myself, where's the church in this? Like, what can the church do? Because there is something beautiful the church can offer. You know, we can offer that hope um, through our faith. And so I began working with her, but I, I actually said, you know, I really want to, to do this with God. You know, that, that's where my heart is. Um, and so I started uh, Horrorbridge Love Your Neighbor Project. And we just went out and we started feeding people. So we started at, at around 20 meals uh, a week. And then gradually people, you know, I would share it on the Facebook and gradually people have sort of connected with us and, and families that were not able to live in, in the village would say, you know, my mom or my dad or my grandparents are there. And so we're now feeding around 75 to 80 people a week. Um, and, and we go out there and, and we, we love and we relate to them. And then we, we created Horrorbridge Love Your Neighbor. And through that, we've offered phone buddies and prayer buddies. Uh, you know, obviously, we've had to abide by the government rules here with COVID. Um, we, we've had mental health support. Um, it, but it's been the food, you know, and I think the food is, is something really beautiful because we thrive, don't we, on, on physical food but, and love. And so this, this homemade food is created by people that, that love the community. And then I've gathered uh, many, many um, of my team and they are all, none of them go to church. Uh, and it's, it's wonderful because, they're, you know, there they are um, volunteering for the church in action. And, and one of my volunteers says, I, I love this. She said that the, 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 the love that I receive from visiting these people, you know, see their face and they sort of say, what have I got this week? And, you know, one elderly gentleman, he knew that fish and chips was going to be uh, donated from the chippy. And the night before he'd set his knife and fork. And, you know, and we think this this is their this is the hope. You know, some of these were only getting the visit once, once a week. And, and we were able to go out there and, and be the light, be that person in the community um, and, you know, and sort of. Yeah, form these these relationships. And so that's what we've done through COVID. 
Uh, and from that, from the food, we've then created a, a, a community freezer project where we then we've, we fed you know families that were homeschooling. So if they'd had a really rotten day, they could just pick up the phone and say, Do you know, I, I really don't want to face cooking this evening or if someone had been poorly. So we've been feeding, a, a, you know, a lot of different people for different reasons. And um, yeah, the, the team, the team has kind of grown from there, we've, you know, volunteers for delivering, volunteers for cooking. And then at Christmas uh, and, and and during Halloween, we went out with light party bags. With Christmas, we we gathered with another community group uh, of men called the Cavaliers. So we dressed up as Father Christmas and we gave out Christmas bags and we went around as elves and, and just sort of jingling the bells and everybody came to their doors and it was this excitement in the darkness. Um, and this, this weekend, I'm going out with 200 Easter bags for children. So we've been able to care for for all the generations, even the teenagers, we, 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 you know, we were able to sort of do um, hangout groups when we were allowed. Um, and then we sort of created nominating, nominating people. So nominating a teenager, if we saw them do an act of kindness, and then they were rewarded for that. So this positivity and then nominating neighbours. So people were beginning to look out for one another. And that's continuing. And it started with cupcakes. We've gone through winter with meals and this summer we're going back to cupcakes and other little treats for people to enjoy receiving a gift, knowing that someone's thinking about them and looking out for them. Tell us about that nomination ministry in the cupcakes. Yeah, it kind of happened by accident. Well, I thought it was by accident, but this is just where Father God just seeps in and just works. And, you, and it's not until it's working and you realize it's this, this God moment and you think, wow, he, he created this so beautifully and so gently. Um, and, and I sort of, I was looking at people that I that heard maybe was having a bit of a difficult time and we'd say, okay. So I contacted somebody, uh, lovely Leslie in, in the community who's got a cake business. And I started saying to her, do you think you could just bake a couple of cupcakes? So it started with people having a special birthday. We delivered a cake and then maybe somebody who'd lost a loved one. We took around a, a cake for that. And then these, these individual cakes, big cakes went to cupcakes and gradually um, we started working out that if we put them in a little bag with a gift and a card. So we, we added a little bit of scripture to that. Um, and then we added personal messages to it. And then we've added little gifts in these bags. And um, I put it out on Facebook and I said, if you know of somebody that's going through a hard time, how about nominate them for a cake? And so, you know, some weeks I have 50, some weeks I have a hundred nominations um, and, and again, I love it. And someone said, why don't you just do a sort of Google form? And I said, no, I love receiving the messages personally. I love receiving the, the, the telephone calls because I can then have conversations with them, follow up later on. And we always go back um, just to see how people are. So, again, it's 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 creating these relationships that people um, they are needing this connection and it's and people are thriving from it. How many people do you have on your team now? And how many people did you have at the start of COVID? So from church-wise, uh, I, I pioneer on, on my own. Um, I'm, I'm the lay worker. But it's been incredible how different people have journeyed with me at different times. So I'd say I have five people to go out and deliver meals each week. Um, and then I have about up to 10 people that cook and bake 
uh, and and then sort of you know other people then volunteer to do the phone buddies and then I've had somebody else volunteering gardening somebody else volunteering shopping um, and it's been amazing 10 people came forward just in an afternoon I said somebody needs some some ingredients picking up 10 people messaged uh, you know I can be a volunteer shopper so actually I haven't really counted but I, I think probably around 50 people um, and, and it would be a mix. I think it would probably be 60-40 and it would be 60% of them would be the non-church, um, which, is, again, is I just find that really exciting. So um, over these past three years, through all of your learning, through um, things that maybe haven't gone so well to the miracle of, wow, this is happening. What are two or three things that if if you were going to start doing this all over again, that you would have liked to have known? The first thing is be present with God much, much more than you even think you need to be. Uh, and, and I'm not just talking sort of 10 minutes doing your Bible app or your, your daily devotional. I, I mean, soaking in God's presence, allowing him to just love um, on us. And, and, I, and I do the soaking a lot more. You know, I've come across um, a singer called John, John Nuttall, who, who sings as though he is singing the father over us. And I soak in that presence and I sit with the scriptures a lot more. Then I go to my prayer groups and it's like, OK, that we'll, we'll. So my basis is always the presence of God sitting with him first and then praying and praying with others. And I've got different prayer groups that are praying for different things. So we've got some people that go out on prayer walks. We've got some people that meet one-on-one one -on -one to pray. We've got two groups that meet via Zoom. We've got um, a, a sort of a WhatsApp group of, of, of around 20 people that, that pray either individually. So the basis of it is prayer. And I think from that prayer, things, things happen without you even physically being present in the community. Um, and I think then the second thing would be to, I would like to have realized that actually, um, it's, 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 it's to bless. So it's to be with people. It's to listen to people. It's to go and eat with people. It's to serve them and only then change, share your story when you've built that relationship with them. People don't want to go out and, and, you know, they, some people might think, oh, here she comes, Bible basher. Actually, I'm proud to have that name. I, I'm proud to be a Jesus freak. I'm so excited about, about God and Jesus. But that can be sometimes too much. And so we want to meet people where they're at first. So I would use the acronym BLESS. Um, and it's about them first rather than me and, and the ministry. Um, and I think from... Can you redo the BLESS again? Tell us. Yeah, so BLESS. So it's to be with people. Be with your community, go out and then to listen to them, ask questions, listen to their story. It's, it's listening about their life, about where they're at, about their opinions and their perspectives. And then it's to eat with them. Just just go out and be with them. And so, you know, I, I, had, I formed a, a group called uh, Soul Food. Um, you know, it's to feed the soul and it's to feed the mind and it's to feed the body. Um, but it's to be eating. And I think when we're serving, again, it goes back to that food. It's that communal thing. Jesus did exactly the same. He went out and he fed and he ate with people. Um, and I think, you know, that's something that, that I'm, I've, I've done. And it's, and it's really, it's a beautiful thing. And then to serve them you know, to do things for them um, and then to share the story because the trust has been formed through through that relationship with them. So that's the one thing that I've, I've sort of taken out. And the third thing is that I would go out 
um, to look for the people, look for the passions and look at the places in your community. So with God and I, every day I invite Jesus, come shopping with me for the cupcakes. You know, come come to the school gate when I drop my children off. Uh, come for the walk with the person that's hurting at the moment. Um, and, and it's to look at the people, uh, look at people's passions. So, you know, I've got a huge amount of people that crochet for different things uh, and I'm using their passions and they and they love that. Um, and and it's sort of, so where are the places where can where can you meet in that? And then whilst you're there, you're loving them, you're blessing them, you're relating to them. And the Holy Spirit creates something out of that. And it's very organic and natural to, to the community that you're in. And then the people start to form the church, not me. I'm just I'm just a fire starter that goes in and makes people excited and gathers people. It's 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 the community that I want them to form the church that's right for them. Um and so, yeah, that's kind of where we're at at the moment. Well, we can certainly feel the fire starting gift that you <laughs> have, Allie, and your passion and excitement for this ministry. I can imagine some people listening in and thinking, wow, Allie must have a lot of money to do what she's doing. So can you give us a reality check on how you're able to support this beautiful ministry that you're doing? Yeah, Absolutely. Well, so first of all, I don't have a building, so we have to we have to pay for places. I try to use the free places, you know, so in the park, um, out in the streets, uh, walking in the woods. When I started my job, there was a, a legacy was left by somebody from the church who wanted uh, to see Horrorbridge grow in faith. And so that legacy paid for my first year of my pioneering. From then, the church, they, 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 they find the money for me. You know, and, and and I'm just hugely blessed for that. So the circuit, they meet, they work out, you know, what 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 they can afford and what they can give me. But the rest of the money God provides. Um, and actually, I, I didn't really even ask God for the money, but it, it, it came and it comes in the form of a 50 pound donation, a 20 pound donation. It comes in the form of uh, 200 pound donations from people. And then I just started saying, OK, OK, Father, you are really providing here. So let's pray more into that. And before I knew it, I then had somebody come came to me and said, I um, I'm a, I work for a community grant uh, for COVID. Uh, I've seen what you're doing. I want to give you money. I mean, I didn't even go and look for this grant. And she said, if you fill in this form and I'll talk you through it, I filled in the form. And within within two weeks, we had five hundred pounds in our in our account, which then paid for three months worth of the of the food. Um Three months later, she came back. I want to give you another 500 pounds. Somebody else then came to me um, and, and said, actually, we're not sure whether your, with your, your project would fit with our, with our funding. So I, I get, I prayed over, over the form and it was just like, do you know, Father, if you, if you want us to have this funding, then you are absolutely going to do it. But if it's not right, then that's okay. And I filled in the form and uh, yeah, we've got it. And so grants are one of the things that that we do do. Um, but I try to do things that are as, as free as possible. But many people in our community actually cook batches of 70 or 80 meals and they and they pay. They pay for that time of cooking and they pay for all of the ingredients. So God provides if, if, if we're being obedient to father and we're working with his plan, he, he's going to give you everything he needs. 
So you didn't start out this ministry with uh, a financial bottom line of, okay, I need this much in order to do this. It was more of what you said, a ministry of prayer and deep listening to what is the Holy Spirit inviting you to um, to participate in? Absolutely. Um, now, whether this was naive or not, I don't know. Some pioneering projects may need to have that sort of the boundaries and sort of the, the end goal. But uh, the end goal is that at some point uh, we will raise a million pounds for this, this, this building. And uh, until then, I'm just journeying with the people. So I'm keeping very open minded. I never know what God's going to do next. I'm excited that I can wake up and think, you know, what is going to happen this week or today or this month? Uh, and I go with the flow. So I I don't box uh, my mind in as to what I want for this project. It's very much, Father God, this is yours. What what do you want me to do today? Uh, and we just go, we go from there. And I know that I probably will never see this building be open. It's still, you know, we're, we're, I'm into my um, fourth year of, of pioneering in the community. I'm probably only going to get another couple of years. The building won't be open by then. But it would have been a pleasure to have gone in and and sort of started the groundwork and and sort of, you know, cut down those 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 pathways and and remove the boulders from the soil for other people to come in and plant the seeds. Um, and so it's it's a process, isn't it? It's not a, a start and a finish. It's something that goes on for generations that you're part of in that season, um, and then you'll come away from it. But just. Just I just hold on to the fact that I love what I'm doing. I love where God's got me and I'm just going to embrace it for, for what it is, for however long it lasts. And I can just go out and just love others in the name of Jesus as much as I can. Uh, and in the process, God will do the rest. That's so beautiful. <laughs> Ali, as you're listening in and, you know, we're hopefully uh, moving into a post-pandemic period here in the next six months as you're listening into that and praying into that what what um what do you think is going to unfold for you in this ministry okay so at the moment uh i feel father god is showing me uh, a lot of people with some mental health struggles um and a cafe and i and so i'm 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 wanting to sort of really pray into a wellness cafe where people can come for either a tea coffee cake a connection it might just be you know a drop in or do people want to come in and and relate to somebody and seek further help uh, so I, I would love to see people that have great listening skills that have a passion and humility for looking out for others you know, and, and then having resources there. So with the funding that we've got at the moment, we're going to be looking into putting some funding in, um, whether that might be a mental health support worker that comes to chat, whether it may be a podcast or resources such as books. Uh, I don't know what that looks like, but all I know is that I've got a hundred coffee cups in my garage and they're waiting to be used. Um, and we, so we need to find a venue and we will, but it will be in the right time. It, and and I, I firmly believe in that. So I just put out, I put out the feelers, um, we pray about it and, and God will revive that. And so I think it will be caring for those that have struggled during the pandemic, people that have had struggles before that have heightened, you know, um, and, and, uh, and it's going to be about going out and just reconnecting and saying to people, it's OK, we're, we're in it together, you know, because, uh, you know, unity brings community. And when the, where there's community, there's love. And um, 
Uh, and we just want to bring those people together to reassure that life is about journeying with, with others. It's not about living on your own. Um, and we can become this sort of, you know, this family that can care for one another. And, and I think it will come through a form of, of some sort of cafe. Mm. Ali, um, if people want to follow up with you and learn more about um, your beautiful work in Horrorbridge, how would they get to um, connect with you? Okay, so I have uh, a few Facebook pages. I have Ali Mansfield uh, Facebook page, um, which is Horrorbridge Pioneer. I also have Horrorbridge for us. Horrorbridge is H O R R A B R I D G E horror bridge <laughs> uh, i also have a facebook page called, called ignite worship which is our form of church online which is uh, a time of of worship not just singing but 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 speaking and praying together and we have life stories of what god's doing in people's lives and then we also have our facebook page love horror bridge love your neighbor and that also is on instagram and you can contact me via email at ali ali at tmc.me.uk oh thank you so much ali you are such an inspiring force of nature and um through your beautiful heart you do bring hope to the world and i am so glad to know you call you a friend And that uh, now other people all over the United States are getting to know you as well in this beautiful ministry that um, that you're a part of. Yeah. Thank you so much, Beth. Yeah. And it's great to 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 be able to chat with you and share this. It's great to just be excited with other people, isn't it? Yes, it is. So, Allie, I know I didn't ask you to do this before we started talking, but I'm just feeling like. I want to ask you to leave a blessing for uh, other pioneers all over the world that are listening in to God's call on their life and wondering, well, what is that next new step that uh, the spirit is inviting me to? So can you um, can you close us off with a blessing? Absolutely. Of course I can. Yeah. Father God, we just thank you for you. We thank you for Jesus and we thank you for your power and your Holy Spirit, the truth, the light, our guidance, our excitement and our hope. Father, I just ask that you bless every pioneer that goes out into communities and that you will help them to see the needs of the people, to have a heart that is on fire for you, Jesus, but also a heart of humility that wants to go out and care for those around them. Will you equip them and bless them with everything that they need? Will you keep them strong? Will you keep them safe? Will you give them courage to step out in faith where sometimes we may not know it's you, Father, but you are working in the midst of everything. Your kingdom is in everything. And so I ask that you bless every single person that goes out into the community and may they radiate the joy and love of Jesus Christ wherever they go. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Ali Mansfield. It's been an honor to talk with you. Thank you, Beth. Honor to speak to you too. God bless. Field Preachers Podcast has been a production of Discipleship Ministries, an agency of the United Methodist Church. 
Visit all our podcasts at podcasts.umcdiscipleship.org.